0: Carlito, another episode of
1: The Construction Life, and we have another lovely guest, and we're going to be talking about concrete today with George. Wait, wait, Wait. residential concrete. Oh, sorry, residential concrete. Yeah, but there's a difference. There's a huge difference with George from DGR Concrete Forming. That's me. So, George, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much for coming. I know that everybody's got these busy lives. Are we forgetting something? (laughs) I don't know. You got to ask George a question. I thought you were gonna
2: have a song for us. No, man. There's no way I'm singing. <laughs> I'm not a hope in hell. Hey, maybe gonna, next time. Nobody's gonna. Okay, I'll do something with you. You yeah, sing. No, uh, I'll, you I'll, sing. I'll, I'll make you a deal. The next time I'm on, I'll sing. Okay. okay. So nobody can see promise. this,
0: but when I finish this phrase, you just stare at me with one eye. Okay, ready? <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs>
1: Everybody heard it. George is gonna do it next time. All right, I'll do so, it next time. George, tell us a little bit about yourself and a lot about DGR, and uh, we're gonna get right into the nitty gritty of concrete resi resi concrete, and uh, we want to know a lot about you guys.
2: Yeah, all right. Well, let's let's begin with uh, I guess me. I've been in the business since I was I'm gonna say like eight, literally, because like most wait, of wait, us. Wait, wait. How old are you? Yeah, I'm 52. Oh, <sighs> oh we finally my have God. someone that's older than that's us. That's right. It's official. <laughs> I can't 52. believe it. I'm usually the oldest guy.
1: You no. don't look fifty two. No. You look younger than us, man. Oh, man. I'm, I don't what feel special fuck? anymore. No.
2: No. <laughs> I'm, I'm fifty two, I know. Well, like most like most guys in the trades, right? Great tan, by the way. Thank you. I spend <laughs> lots of time at the cottage. <laughs> the uh, like most guys who get into the trades, how do we you know, how do we end up here? Usually it's because we've we've seen our you know, our uncle, the neighbor next door, you know, our father, moms, Somebody. whatever, doing stuff and, and we tend to sort of be, you know, or from that me, direction.
0: I, I watch people make money, extra money, get by more and
2: I want <laughs> to get into construction
0: <laughs> what are you talking about
2: i know well i mean i mean really at the end of the day you know why did i leave my uh, bank job when i was 18 and i i decided oh, so you, know, you went I'd that have... route you went school went to a bank a
1: good clean well, job I, no, I,
2: like i i did the the bank thing sort of you know as it was a great high school job like when i was just in school you could work evening you know over at canada trust that type of thing i worked royal bank in the summer full time it was a pretty decent gig i was making good money at the time but I started doing all kinds of stuff on the side. I used to work with my dads on weekends when you needed a little bit of help. It was actually, it was, it was fantastic. But I, I was always sort of drawn towards construction. So I spent the majority of my career, went off to college, that type of thing. But then eventually said, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to build. Got into, not concrete, I got into renovation and building. Most of my career, pretty much the bulk of it, uh, was entirely renovation and construction.
1: So just custom rentals and
2: yeah, building that type of thing. And, you and that's what I did.
1: Condos or you went into just strictly No,
2: strictly strictly residential because I, I did do some commercial work as well. Did a fair amount of commercial work, but it was boring, man. Mm. Fuck was it he boring? He likes it. He likes I, I like it because I crank
0: the tunes and uh, oh. there's no one complaining. I, I,
2: I I'm work with done. George. Man, I find I, it. I lost fucking my boring. mind. It was just a transaction. It's like, oh, what's the budget to do this? X. When does it need to be done? Oh, tomorrow? Okay. And it was just, it was a transaction. And I, I've always really, really enjoyed the creative piece, the connection with the clients. Uh, commercially, all my favorite clients were always the ones that I literally became like really good friends with. And I still have, you can count many of them to this day as really close friends. And they were all, you know, property managers, that type of thing, facilities managers. And I really enjoyed that piece for a period of time, but only for those folks that I had a really tight relationship with. Being out there kind of in the commercial world, oh, I was just bored out of my skull. It's just like, oh, the money was great.
0: Bored. Bored. But it was just boring. So what drew you to concrete?
2: I retired. I retired from doing construction, construction. It was like, yeah, I'm kind of done. I'm going to go check out for a little while and just spend a bunch of time at the cottage and goof off with my wife. So how long was that? Going back to, I started phasing it out slowly around 2012, 2013, and then started making my way kind of out. And then the guys who did my concrete for years and years, this is how this ended up happening. As I'm starting to slack off in (laughs) in chatting with them and stuff, you know, uh, Rob and Ryan, they they'd been doing concrete and of course when somebody when you work with someone a trade let's say you can see all the holes in their business not Outside returning the fence, yeah yeah not not maybe not returning calls or maybe the guys aren't as respectful they should be you know whatever whatever trade it is you you could pick out as a business owner when you look at a, a crew that comes onto your site. Or a company that comes on your site, you you can see where they could do better. Some guys, you can talk to them and they'll be like, oh man, you know, thank you for telling me. They'll Other, set aside the ego and
1: they'll, they'll go, thank you. They'll set aside
2: the ego and they'll understand. It's like, this person's trying to help me. This person's not... And they're willing to change. Right. That's the big one. Most, most people, even when they know it, don't even want to change. True with just people in general. Basically, in a nutshell, it's like, I could see the things in that business and the growth opportunity in the concrete business for these guys, what they just needed was someone who could give them some guidance. And you you have a lot of love for this industry. Totally, absolutely. I mean, I wasn't doing it for the money. Still to this day, DJR Concrete for me is not something that I do for the money. That's what makes the difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. I think if you go out and all you do is grind for that transaction in the dough, it becomes, it's soulless, it's lifeless. You're so punching true. a clock and oh, you don't it's, care. It's misery, so right? And, and, so and, right? And that's the thing. I mean, I've been saying this to millennials and everybody that will listen. And millennials, sadly, very often, I hate to say it, don't. But for those that do. <laughs> we, we've said that. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I've the, said that. Those that, uh, those that do and understand that it's like the whole point of this, man, is don't be doing this because your parents told you that you should. Don't be doing it because it's like right don't now. Be doing it.
1: Anybody told you that you should. Right. Right,
2: 100 percent. you got to do it because you want to do it.
0: Well, let, let's face it, most people in construction, it's the last avenue, you know, unless you want to work I'm at, tired of hearing unless you want to work at a coffee yeah, store well, or, you know I mean, Home I, or something I mean, it wasn't know. for me. I
2: mean it, 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 it isn't for a lot of people. I don't think it is for a lot of people. I think what it is is that some people are just kind of geared that way. Some guys, you know, some guys and gals just like, what am I going to do? Well, where can I make the most amount of money? Oh, hey, man, uh, Mike over here that I know, he goes to work as a laborer and he makes uh, $24 an hour.
1: They crunch the numbers. And
2: they, they're looking at it going, well, I've got this job and I got this name tag on my chest. I worked at this shitty job, retail job making, you know, fuck all. Hmm, this sounds pretty good. That's 10 bucks extra an hour I can yeah. go make, right? Yeah. And then the opportunity to make more. I'm not stuck in retail. So they default out. The problem is if they're doing it for the money... Now, some of them get there and go, I actually enjoy this. I like getting up at ass o'clock in the morning. I like going and building something, doing something, being part of something. So at the end of the day, I can go, I did this. I can look at it. Even if the day was a grind, it was raining, it was cold, it was miserable. If you can, at least at the end of the day or the week or the month, look at what you did and go, that's going to be there for a long time. You feel like you accomplished something. You feel like you accomplished something.
1: That's an amazing feeling.
2: It's an amazing feeling, yeah.
0: Your family farmers
2: or anything? No. No I just find. Well, actually, no, I take that back. Going back to Portugal, my both my parents were Portuguese. Another I wasn't going to say anything. I was not going right to say job. anything. Okay. My, <laughs> <It> my, my, <laughs> my parents, like my, on my mom's side, yeah, you know, owned land, farmers, that type of thing. You know, hardworking people. But I mean, back in the day, every immigrant that showed up here was a hardworking person. That's Are exactly you kidding how it me? Was. I know. I mean, you fell off the plane. I like and you, how you said that. You got back the in beat down. You got the beat down. Yeah. You know, if my mother was sitting across this table right now and you made reference to her but how hard it was she'd tell you and then she would say oh and all the rest of the people who show up here today we didn't have anything that they have you know people were eating out of garbage cans Like that's a fact people were behind restaurants eating out of garbage to stay alive it doesn't mean that it's right but the point is People had to work for it. They no, survived. The only they reason I was
0: asking that is because you have the, this really refreshing, positive vibe. I usually find it's hardworking people or, or coming from a, a background of hardworking
1: people. Yeah. That's why I asked. Was it a challenge, George, to kind of come into DGR or get into Robin Ryan? And by the way, uh, maybe if you guys did this and this and this, were they embracive with that? Were they...
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, here's the thing, the the challenge, and I say this all the time, it's nonstop. It's something that you have to just continue doing, doing, doing. I mean, my, my role within the company is I'm the CEO of the company and, and also COO, Chief Operations Officer of the company. And I'm someone who makes a point of actually trying not to be there a lot, almost on purpose. And the reason for that is I'm trying to groom some of the people within the business to make their way, you know, and be make able their to, own
0: corporate decisions.
2: Right. Exactly. You have to empower people. If you don't yeah. empower people, if you have to be there from like five in the morning until nine o'clock at your night. Your phone's
0: going to be ringing all day.
2: Your phone's ringing all day and you're doing something wrong. You, you're the not whole, building a business. No, you're right. not building a business. All you're doing is pointing and screaming at people because you want things done a certain way in a certain timeline instead of giving them, empowering them to make the decisions and get it done on their own, which gives them fulfillment in what they do every day and
0: experience
2: and experience. You're not going to have the turnover in your staff, et cetera. For us, I I say all the time in our company, every day, we just got to fix one thing every day. We just have to fix one thing at the end of the year. hmm.
1: How many things have you fixed?
2: That's a lot of things. Like if we sat down right now on a whiteboard, you know, to my left is a whiteboard and we just started writing down all the things you want to fix within our business, man, you'd be hard pressed to like come up with 300 things. You really would Not sit, here, me. sit here for three, <laughs> sit here for three, four hours and try yeah. to write down yeah. 300 individual things that you but want to correct, right? Every 30 day. seconds,
1: but every day <laughs> though, something will happen and you'll have something and then someone contribute.
2: You just need to, if you've got something that's going sideways, right? Detect what's going sideways and then correct, detect and correct. It's pretty simple. Then do everything you can to not repeat it.
1: That's how you learn. That's, That's how, how you build. Learn.
2: I remember in grade school, right? Oh, man, you, you did like an essay. You had to write some story in grade three or something or grade yeah. four. And yeah. then the next day, you got it back with all the red, you know. Oh, <laughs> man. I, spent, I thought it was perfect. I thought it was this there, not that there. Isn't this the right there? You know? You're wrong. <laughs> exactly. So, but guess what? You had to, you got it back and the teacher would go over everything. everything. the whole thing all the way through. So you could correct your mistakes. Well, as adults, we still need to do that. A lot of people don't. We should you're be so doing right. that.
1: As building a business, we should be doing that. You shouldn't be stuck in doing it the same way that you were doing it 10 years ago.
2: It's the definition of insanity. Keep rema- Keep repeating yeah. the same shit show. Why am I not making money? Because you're probably doing the same fucking 500 things wrong every day.
0: That's how you change is not doing the same
1: thing. That's the number one thing I noticed about George and his Huge. crew. When I first met you guys, That uh, you talk about looking out from the outside and looking in. Yeah. You guys are, you're a big teacher, that is looking at the team as working as a collective yes. and you, there are no egos, there's no egos whatsoever on any of these guys that belong to DGR. They all want to learn. They all want to work together. They all want to build something. So you that's know, a team. That, that's a team. So th- then you don't have to be there all the time. You could be up at the cottage, getting the tan, but you're still running a business, but you're educating, you're teaching other guys. So then the next guy can come up. And the but next it also guy can sounds
0: like his crew or his team care about each other and are very
2: Oh, yeah. Set yeah. Totally. for the company to grow. Totally. Our core management team, everyone, everyone may as well be related. Like It's almost like we're all family. They're all Portuguese? No. <laughs> <laughs> any Croatians there? Uh, are there any, let me think about it. Have got any Croatians there?
0: Uh-oh, that means no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you would remember. <laughs> you, you would know. You would remember. Yeah,
2: but but it's, uh, you know, look, every single day with our business, we, we took what was a company that was sort of still everybody's working really hard, producing some quality product, but couldn't scale up.
0: What is producing a quality product in I mean, concrete?
2: In in concrete depends on what you're putting up. Are you doing a foundation wall or are you doing, you know, flat concrete? Are you doing architectural concrete? Or are you doing a set of stairs? Like there's different facets of it that you need to be focused on. The bottom line, let's just call it quality concrete work. The boys were, were pumping up quality concrete work, but they were struggling with simple things like just some of it was just like wrong, you know, wrong tools. Wrong tools, wrong equipment, wrong trucks. I mean, we got rid of pickup trucks and we, you know, some of a sudden the sprinter vans oh, came out. Oh, that's
1: blasphemy here, uh, oh, George. Oh my, oh my God. You can't God. get rid pickup of a pickup truck. Pickup so you're truck. Truck. So your truck saying sucks. a van changed your industry.
2: <laughs> In 2005, I was driving an F350 crew cab, diesel crew cab. Nice truck. Full loaded. It was my primary vehicle, a nice, beautiful diesel. And then I went and got myself a 2005 sprinter van. And there it was. And I was just like... Okay.
1: Sprinter van.
2: I know you can make oh, fun of them all you want. Van. Make fun of them all you want. <laughs>
1: they are the best. <laughs> hang So, vehicle. Hang on a so
2: I,
0: I, I believe any van in general, but you're definitely changing the ball game. You've got high ceilings. It's George, longer. Yeah, totally. he's, he's
1: saying that because he drives a, a Chevy, Savannah or whatever it is, <laughs> or is an Astro? Is it an Astro? Is express. An Astro? express, <laughs> express. <laughs>
2: Listen, you, you, you just it boils down to this: Are, you, are you, what, what type of a hammer are you? to use to install your trim. If you're a trim carpenter, you know there are, is a specific hammer you use if you're actually using a hammer, an old school right. guy. You hand him the wrong hammer, he'll look at you like, what the, what the fuck is this?
0: My job... And my life changed buying a van too. I went from a van to a truck, tried it for a little while to try to be cool with the, the cool hip kids, and I realized it was a waste of time and yeah. money. Do
2: you this is this is a huge winner? It depend, again, it depends on what you do, but I if hate you, $5, I was into bullshit. If you've got now, if <laughs> you've got tools you're hauling around, guys you're hauling around. Stuff that is coming in and out of the truck, if you're worried about theft, we live in fucking Canada, man, it rains and snows, and we get everything. I get part, broken into twice a year the, there you go. The bottom line is if your shit's out of sight, think about the amount of money you save, not having to load unload, load unload, load unload totally true. Think about the amount of t- the amount of time that gets saved it's like Okay, where's the fucking well, tra- col- tra- where's trailers the caulking are, gun? trailers are smart. Do you, do, do do you too. wanna
1: crawl into the back of your pickup truck and cab, or do you wanna walk into the back well, just of your so van? You know, so like- uh, I barely drive my pickup truck anymore <laughs> and I crawl through my van every day. But with a van, <laughs> you can send the new guy in there and the shelving is all organized and everything's all there, and you can send them in there and he could actually find something and on it's his dry, yeah. you can stand, you yeah. can stay warm. And yeah. it, and if
2: you wanna know if the new guy is worth keeping or not. Make sure the van is perfectly cleaned out and set up perfect. Make him responsible for that van on the That's crew. That's another thing. And just, just tell him, Just every every Friday, we're going to have a little audit to see what kind of shape it's in. If it's a shit show every Friday, fire his ass immediately. Wow. Because if you can't keep the van straight, he's useless.
1: How's he going to be on the job site then? Right. So, he so needs me... to
2: know where all the shit goes. He needs to be the guy to put all the stuff away. He's got to be the guy to go, hey man, we're out of blades for whatever. The cut the cuts off. the cord broke. We got to get a new saw. If the guy can't do that, then he's not capable of organizing himself. Nice, well, that's nice, what you should first thing. start
0: anyways, right? You should be able to start... Like the 101 is knowing where the tools are, getting the tools for the guys, charging the batteries, getting the materials, making sure that the Before materials are there. Before anybody asks yeah. you well, a the d- fucking thing. Before d-
2: anybody can actually say, hey, he should be listening as soon as he hears the drill over to the impact drill. Let's say it's like... Unless oh. you're in
0: lot land looking at something
1: else. Well, that's the, the that's the right? difference between two types of people. You can either get a person who's going to look at the van and go, well, this is not really that important of an issue. doesn't yeah. matter if it's not organized. Or you can look at it and go, you know what? This is an extremely important issue and they should be
2: organized. And, a, and as, as an owner of a company or as the manager of that crew or the guy who's leading that crew, you have to teach that guy that. If they, if they don't know what your expectations are, then you can't really fire their ass after a week because you didn't tell them what the expectations were. Yeah. Right? Right. If you establish what the standards are, And they don't meet it. Okay, maybe you're going to cut the guy some slack right away. Somebody should be nudging at him on Wednesday and then again on Thursday. Friday, see if he's clueless or not. Or she, I should say, as well. And then uh, reassess maybe the following week. But the bottom line is it's very telling. Well, a make or
0: break to a company for me is keeping an employee. So how many employees do you have? I was just about
1: to ask how many crews you got.
2: Well, our crews spin all over the place. So overall, we're, we're probably... I'm not even sure how many we're probably we at right now. We're probably about 20, 20 guys right wow, now. Wow. Wow. About that, 18, 20. Is but, it running but it changes, efficiently at 20 people? Right? Yes. Okay. And that, and that scale, scale is super important. See, that was one of the challenges. Of, you've for designed example, it, you've
1: designed it that way, though.
2: Well, yes and no. Like right now, we're still actually under capacity. We have a lot more capacity. We could grow much more as a company. Guess what's holding us back? What's, it's the number one biggest problem faces business today. Number one, period. Wow. Doesn't matter what business you're people in. People coming to work? People. People. You're in the plumbing business, you're in the roofing business, you sell shingles. Well, guess what? If the demand for the work far outstrips the supply of people who can do it, and you're in the business of selling shingles, you're not selling as many shingles as you could be selling. There's going to be a cap. Lengths of pipe, meters of concrete, doesn't matter what it is. We literally cannot keep up with the demand. We could probably increase with conservatively an extra million dollars, like, like nothing, just by answer, you know, just by Chasing a little bit of extra work, another million, two million, five million worth. What, what's missing? People. People. It's the the folks that have the experience. They can do what we do. Even trying to train them is a problem. And everyone screams and yells about this. Carpentry, plumbers, we don't. They can't find people. They can't find. Because well, we just. People. You can we, find people. We but talk about
1: this all the time. It's just construction to most people is not glamorous enough. Yeah. That's what they think, right? So Wrong I attitude. wanna ask you two, I wanna ask you two questions. Okay, have you guys hired a female before? Have, have you hired? found a female that wants to get into concrete?
2: I think we once we had we had one uh, woman show up, a girl show up, wanted to apply, and did apply. We interviewed her. I was like, Hey, there's a girl applying, this is cool. Bring her in, let's see what she can do. So we brought her in. I wasn't there for the interview. It was actually Mike in our office, our controller did the initial interview, and he was like, Oh, this girl always like 135 pounds. I'm going to take her out to the yard and I'm going to see if she can just lift some of the things that we need to lift. Some pretty basic stuff. She couldn't do Rebar. it. Rebar. Yeah, she couldn't do it. She just, it was one of those things. And we and we were looking people for in the field at the time. No, we don't really need and really have much in the way of office staff, the way we run our business. We outsource a lot of stuff. That was the only, you know, woman that we had sort of apply But it was, I think, I don't know if she just didn't realize what it was or how heavy the work was. Because when you're working in concrete forming,
1: it's... There's some heavy lifting. I do concrete forming all the time.
2: I can tell you, I, guy who was in trades for a long time and worked with his hands and I still love doing it, would have killed me. Concrete forming, I can't, I I wouldn't be able to handle it. Just my body type and stuff. Man, it's brutal work.
1: What's the the weight of a full wheelbarrow? Heavy? Yeah.
2: I I don't know because it's... You know, it's on one wheel. But that's so a, it's that's different. a one
1: person. That's a one person. Well, po- but, but, pushing. We, but
2: we don't do a lot of wheelbarrowing, right? We pump a lot True. of concrete. We True pump everything, no. True but no. the forms, for example, you're talking like a hundred pounds plus each board for a form.
1: I know.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your business. Then we're kind of talking about the employees and importance. Yep. What does your company actually do? What is what do you focus on with concrete and homes?
2: A bit of everything and not. I mean, one of the th- we do a lot of specialized underpinning work. It comes to underpinning, really wacky stuff, super deep bench walls. Thing. Yeah, benching. Although we try to avoid benching, just because we don't like benching. It takes up space. But like we can do anything. We we always try to push people in the direction of hey, like you should, you know, probably think about underpinning this. Now some places we've done can be huge, or sometimes you have an issue. Manny, we had one at your site with a with you know a party a neighbor next door that was just ridiculous, which made it impossible to be stupid. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They forget that they need renovations at some point or their house needed it and they don't want to cooperate. there
1: There was a certain satisfaction there having the neighbor get right into my face and tell me, You are never going to fucking underpin my fucking property. Never. And I want you to hear that from you. I want you to say that to me. And I just looked <laughs> at her and I just said, I will never say that. <laughs> and then we had this other version of underpinning approved. Yeah. yeah. And it was a big fuck you to her. And I was really happy about that because you guys pulled it off like perfectly, perfectly.
2: You just get, we all know this. You can't be in this business on a residential and a commercial level. Cause I mean, you can put up a condo building and the condo building directly across People will be losing their minds calling bylaw over everything. Yeah. They see a coffee cup, like, you know, make its way off a balcony on the fourth floor and go down to the street. And they're already calling bylaw. You get people that are like that.
1: But we were just told recently that guys are, when they're pouring in the middle of the night, you got condo owners on their balconies throwing fucking clay pots at the contractors. I some, know. Some angry people <laughs> in the city.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, that person should be arrested. Yes. Well, Somebody I, does that, they should just be arrested. And, and, and this comes it. down
1: to it. I talk about it all
0: the time. People don't have respect for construction workers. No, they don't understand that we have to work in tight spaces, no parking, people screaming, yelling at us doesn't make the job go faster.
2: Oh, it makes it exponentially worse, right? Yeah. They somehow think things are going to be easier, quicker. We've seen some things that are insane. What's fortunate for us is that we're usually in and out like a big project for us because we're our primary focus is custom homes, really deep basements, you know, wacky stuff, blindside forming, all that type of stuff. We're very comfortable doing and very experienced. ICF, we're getting into next year, actually. Okay. Funny you should bring yep. that up. Because we actually do feel that that's the way the industry is going to be going. The type of forming that we're doing, it'll still have its place for a while, probably maybe a decade or two. But the reality of it is, as soon as building code changes, and it will, They'll eventually require all the insulation to be on the outside of the building.
0: Well, how it should be. Right. Yeah. The way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. right? Envelope wrap from the outside. And
2: as soon as that happens, boom, ICF is uh, Here, here's, buy, here's, buy shares in all the companies. That's here's to a, say. here's yeah. a plug.
0: Yeah. Integra Spec. Check it out. They actually have an ICF form that you can pour a floor in. Oh, really? Check it out. Only ones that have it.
2: They have a floor
1: form?
0: Yeah. We'll talk about that in another show. But
2: Okay. But ICF is something that for us, we send a bunch of guys out on training, uh, Last year, because normally when we, you know, move quickly and do stuff, boom, beep, beep, but at the same time, we want to be prepared for underpinning
1: it. Underpinning so. isn't fast at all, though.
2: The way we do underpinning, we're actually pretty fast. It's at it. scheduled. Yeah. It's, it's on time. We don't do, you know, for those listening, know the difference, you know, when you're doing underpinning, you can do something called overpour, which is basically you dig out an underpin, you form it and you just pour the concrete in and you vibrate it and hope to God that the concrete that went up underneath or you can't see it where the footing was or still is that you vibrated it up and it actually took care of any gaps. I can tell you flat out, it because doesn't. I've done lots of waterproofing from the outside, Never the holes works. are massive. like You can stuff baseballs in there. And, and stuff. that's I where don't the care water what builds, said. freezes, cracks. All that, yeah. all that crap. If it's above, yeah, above frost line, for sure. For us, we focus on always doing dry packs. So we pour our pins, each, section, each block section, leave two to three inches, and then we mechanically pack the grout. After the, that block of concrete, that underpin has shrunk, we then dry pack grout all the way to the back, mechanically pack everything through. We know it's solid period. End of story. Car- Car- I always, thought it, was, I always thought it was one inch because like back no, in the no, it's no, underpinning. he does it no. too. I,
1: We can't, I don't want to divulge how you guys did it and how you guys perfected it because it's pure fucking art and you should see it one day. It's something that they came up with and yeah. I, it's just beautiful. It's actually a work of fucking so this art. Is a trade secret. And it should be at the Louvre. It's just, I mean, we, this is fucking amazing.
2: Well, most most guys don't realize that when you're mixing grout, you're not supposed to mix it in a wheelbarrow. Let's just start with that. Grout is supposed to be mixed with a special mixer. Nobody ever just does like that. Just like self-leveler. Nobody knows that. Yeah. Right? Most guys don't even read the bag. They just fake it. That looks about right. Let's. Just I tell the guys all the time, <laughs> first thing, I don't care how many times you use it, read the bag. We've come up with, you know, we're constantly grinding to try to find better ways to do stuff. We're not perfect, but... Again, but it's that
1: evolving learning experience. Non-stop.
2: Detect incorrect uh, when something's not working right or if you f- figure out some way to do a little bit better. At the end of the day, every single time you find a little sliver, that's profit. You don't have to charge the client less money. Matter of fact, you're usually doing it done quicker... It's going to take you to the top of the heap in terms of whatever trade you're in. Well, that's how you make money. People pay you more.
1: You make more money by figuring out how to perfect the way you do it, but you're still charging the same amount to the client, Right. but you're making more profit.
2: So back to the sprinter van for everybody listening, (laughs) for everybody who's still listening going, no fucking way, man. I'm never giving up my pickup truck. You know what? Leave your pickup truck to go to church or go hunting or whatever. Just have both. Have both. (laughs) I, I did for a while. I never drove my pickup. My wife would make fun of me. Then I sold my pickup. I drive I, mine
0: just in the weekend.
2: Yeah. Then I had a nice car. It never left the garage. Now, since about 2006 or so, 2007, my primary vehicle is a four-wheel drive, three-quarter ton, long wheelbase, high roof, crew cab Sprinter. Man, how it's many? Co- funny I, you say that. How many kilometers are you
1: throwing on that vehicle a year?
2: 40,000.
1: Yeah. So that's what I mean is that you spend so much time in that vehicle. You yep. might as well spend it on a good work vehicle that does its totally. job. So
0: it's funny you say that. I sold my Mustang and my BMW and bought a tractor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I drive my van all the time. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I love my van. And, and the whole thing about the van, why I came back to it was that finding those slivers of efficiency. If you're not loading, unloading, loading, unloading a truck, if you're not paying guys to do that, how much more efficient is that? Well, just, start a job. Don't alone. leave the job site. Yeah, that alone. Oh, who? Where's the caulking gun? Where's the this? Where's the that? Is it? Well, if it, it's either on the job site or it's in the truck. Yeah. One of the two. It's not supposed to go anywhere. If it's not in the van, well, we lost it. Someone stole it. Someone left it behind somewhere. But it, in the morning, you're supposed to be already locked and loaded. You got your coffee in your hand, the crew jumps into the truck and you go. You know, you can't be thinking, oh, uh, what do we need for this morning? Fuck, everybody's half asleep.
1: No, you want them to be thinking about the job, the job at hand, the task, the client, the job site. You you don't want them to be thinking, are the tools right? Or,
2: oh, is everything they, in the right and they, place? And everybody forgets shit. People are half asleep. It's always, you know, it's, it's exactly. a shit show that way. Exactly. Everything should be, you know, vehicles should be fueled. There's no fueling vehicles in the morning. There's no picking up material in the morning. What the fuck are you doing? So you get the guys to fuel, fuel up before, money.
1: like at the end of the day for the next day?
2: Tuesdays and Thursdays, everything's fueled. Oh, fuck
1: look at that, eh? It's a wild oil machine. Do you, know,
2: do you know why there's fuel on Thursdays and like not Fridays? Payday? Because of the weekend. No, no because because we have fuel in our yard, right? So, really? Yeah, so we everybody fuels up in our yard. Crew trucks come in. Tuesdays, they fuel up. Oh, shit, we just ran the tank dry, right? Because it's a massive tank. You don't necessarily know how much fuel's in it. You, you know when it goes brrr and it doesn't give you anything. That gives us enough time to get fuel. Thursday is the same thing. If we know we're out, of fuel, if we're out of fuel on a Thursday, the guys still, no matter what, have enough fuel in their tank from filling up on Tuesday to get through the week. We're guaranteed to have fuel on the Friday or Good for the you. Monday. So that way, we're never- Above and
1: beyond, man. We're
2: never, it's, but it's simple stuff. You're it's not like, wasting
1: hey. time on the business exactly. with these little things that consume so much time. Yeah.
2: And it doesn't matter how much fuel is in the tank. You could be working just down the street. You fill up on Tuesdays, you fill up on Thursdays. Everybody, when they jump out of the truck, we keep like a, we have got a, a bin a dumpster in our yard. Grab all your fucking coffee cups and whatever is in the truck. Just quickly clean the truck out. One guy throws all that shit away. Another guy fuels up. Maybe there's some loading and loading and you're done. You know, and I make it sound like, oh, this is, it doesn't always work out that way. There are times guys forget to fuel up or can't be bothered or something. So someone has to be on top of them all the time. If you can get it to be a habit, that's where it saves you big dough. You're not wasting time. It's all in the efficiency, efficiency man. I yeah. love
1: it. I love it.
2: Do you do concrete slabs for the basements, obviously? Yeah, we do floors the whole bit. Now, we've, we've shifted a little bit away from that for the last little while, but we've got two other companies that do it for us. When we can't do it, we do it for them. When they can't do it, we, you know, Can they, we they get stuck. Can we talk about that
0: stuck. a little bit? Yeah, sure. Do you usually insulate your floor? Uh,
2: when it's required.
1: Only when it's required? If expect, If, do you, right? if do you expect. Here, it's here's, not really your call, though. It's generally the homeowner or the architect. Here,
2: here's the bottom line when it comes to what's specified on the drawing. We're handed a set of specifications and details. And everybody here who works from a set of specifications and details better pay attention to this shit. If someone says to you and you get a detail that says, blah, bitty, blah blah, blah blah, 14 nails in a row, 3 inches apart, and then cut a V at the end of it 4 inches from the end. You cut that fucking V, half an inch one way or the other, and you miss one fucking nail... Something goes sideways on that project that has nothing to do with that, and you're screwed.
1: That's the bottom line.
2: That's the bottom line. You're going to get sucked into the legal abyss, all the litigation chaos. You're fucked.
0: Do you ever mention that you could better your home project to the owner or the GC if you see that something's missing? Like... You know, maybe you should put four inches of styrofoam oh, or yeah, a little bit totally. more gravel yeah, bed. Yeah,
2: but we leave it. But then as soon as the specification changes, we get it in writing.
0: Okay, so an ideal home for you to build. A, what would the gravel slab be? How thick? How thick would the concrete be? No, the gravel. Like the first. Four the gravel to, base. Four to six inches four minimum. Four to six inches.
2: But if the place is like buried underwater, if there's water coming out of everywhere, then you're running weeping tile everywhere. Like you're doing stuff to mitigate that water that yeah. is coming in because of the water table is high, which happens. I mean, you get in some places and it's like literally water is pouring out of everywhere and the whole thing could be perfectly waterproofed on the outside but it's coming from underneath
0: do you ever use neo blankets or styrofoam in in floors to insulate break a thermal break
2: 99 percent of the stuff that we do everyone's putting it in now okay it's almost a given. It's I, don't see, I don't see it a lot. Radiant, radiant in-floor heating, at least for the projects that we're doing, probably because they're higher end. Radiant floor heating is almost the must. I mean, radiant in-floor heating in a basement is like the best thing ever.
1: It's, it makes so much... I think cl- clients now are savvy. They understand so, the benefits from it.
0: Yeah. So does that mean you're pouring Agilia over top? Self-leveler? No, no you we've, don't need we've to actually
2: you know, yeah, you don't need to. But a lot of it simply depends on what's the final floor finish. Like, what's the final floor finish going to be? Are we doing polished concrete here? Is this just like, you know, does it need Sub-floor. to be blah 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 yeah. there's like a million things and that you know depends on depending on what the the final thing needs to look like is depending on what we're going to do so, so
0: for a homeowner and they're listening to you how thick should the concrete slab be in the basement
2: if it's radiant floor heating in my opinion is as you can goddamn well make six it. inches. If you can make it fifteen, do fifteen, and everybody's okay. thinking, what but the but typically you don't crack? have that room
1: well, unless no, you're yeah, building no. brand new. But that's the rule of the radiant, right? We all know thermal, how that works. Thermal mass. mass yes. right? Your yeah.
2: concrete floor is a battery. It will right? hold and retain it, it holds and retains the heat, and then just slowly, I mean, you dissipates. Can, it just yeah. slowly dissipates. So the more, it's concrete, like styrofoam. Yeah, the but more, that being the more thermal th- mass. the better. That
1: being said, it also does that with the cold. If you don't have the radiant, it's going to be a thermal mass of coldness coming through your house. Great point.
0: Now you don't have and you just have a slab how thick should that slab be in a basement without radiant
2: minimum four minimum four yeah minimum four inches but again it depends on what's happening on that floor i mean it's interesting that you go to most of the new homes and um, when i used to renovate and do basements i did like a million basements in oakville mississauga all over the place over the years in what were you know subdivision homes and of course bathrooms are going in do you know how many times we found concrete that was like two inches thick yeah, inch and I a half. see it all time. the
1: time. The only thing good about that is Just that... Just insane. You, well, don't, you don't need an SDS jackhammer to <laughs> no. break it you just need no. a, a a rubber mallet yeah. pretty pretty
2: much pretty much but it always blew me away it's just sort of like i don't understand where are the building inspectors why the fuck is this concrete floor this thick that, make, that makes no sense they're to not
1: going to test it and also i guess the builders are looking at it like we just saved one or two truckloads of concrete now
2: oh, the builders that's how they make all their money right everywhere they can slice and cut because everybody the builders try to get their cheapest price of course everything's per square foot linear foot you know piecework kind of thing almost the trades they're giving prices that are just insane insanely low
1: they do the same
2: and they're doing the same they're going in going hey man everywhere we can cut a corner there's no way we can make any money unless we actually you know we can find a place to save a couple of trucks here and there we're gonna do it, and they do.
0: What kind of concrete do you use in basements? Like, what do you mean by kind? Typically, the basements that I would renovate, it's being covered with a subfloor or an engineered flooring of some kind. Yeah, so I, mean, it's, I it's can just use a jillia straight.
2: Like eighteen type, the typical type of thing would be like a fifteen or twenty MPA. It it really depends again on what's specified. Whatever the drawings say.
0: I just don't see anyone it's polishing basement floors anymore. It's they only not Because that they I see. wanna cover them up.
2: Well, we've been we've done a bunch in the last little while, which again more so modern homes and stuff, and it's actually a way to save money. The floor gets put down and we have to go through a lot of extra time and effort to get it so it's like it's not like Cagilia where it just like self levels. When and even then, it doesn't totally. Yeah, it doesn't want hundred percent. It needs an assist. This is like a whole lot of assisting to take what we pump into it and make that like just super flat. And often it's going into the bathroom and then it's being whoop. It's the floor drain yep. encompassed all into one. And then what we're doing is when the guys are finishing it, when it gets down to the end, to the final, you know, whip that helicopter up to the power trowel up on top of the concrete. That's when the guys are giving it its final. True. And they can bring it all the way up so it starts to bring it actually will bring like a sheen up, almost yeah. up, up on top of it but it's a very tricky thing to do because if yeah. you go a little too far you can burn it so you need a guy who's really really good with the power trowel and somebody who's very very good doing the outside edges to do it you can make it so you end up with a finished floor that way it does take guys with really really good hands and good eyes i
0: do have a question a personal question most of the time we've always had like tint tests around the outsides or we've had like the the blanket involved or yep. styrofoam because we we would kind of like take the styrofoam from the floor straight up the walls. Do you believe that there should be a space between the walls and the concrete slab? Yeah, totally. And what Ther- is that?
2: Thermal break, should, there should always be a thermal break there. One inch, five eighths, what? Makes no difference. A thermal break I Of mean, anything. Theory, long. anything. Yeah. In in theory, the you know, if it's styrofoam and it's thicker, you still get cold that's try to get through, right? Again, a thermal break is a thermal break. You put something in between to just break the cold from just.
0: Yeah, because I don't think a lot of people realize that concrete slabs expand and contract.
2: Yeah, big time.
1: Are you testing, George? Is that no, 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 no. This is uh,
0: I'm I'm picking your brain because this is what yeah. you do all day. But this is information for the people at home. Oh, I know. The more ammunition yeah. for them, the, the better their business the better their life the better the product right yeah i mean we're for, here
2: to change the industry right for folks for folks that are building what it boils down to is ask questions pay as little attention as possible to hgtv sorry hgtv oh, oh, let's, let's hey, talk. hey i didn't hey, say hey. that i didn't say that <laughs> I, said it. I did not I say that it. every time i see a commercial for it i just look at what's going on and go man but, where is this going But wait but, a minute they know what they're doing
1: and they do all the fucking work uh, do, you,
2: do you ever use <laughs> do do sand beds or sandpack? Sorry,
0: what's that? You do with sand beds in dry- the basements, like old basements, and, and they don't want to convince you to tear out oh, the. No, no, you're no. talking about dry pack, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, the, the type of thing, for example, a sand Portland cement mix you'd use, for example, in an old school shower. Right, sand and Portland. That type of idea. Yeah.
0: You never do that? No. Okay.
2: No, we don't we pour it. Would you like, want to do that? in a whole, Yeah, I do it oh, all the oh, time basement? because,
0: so say, for example, I go downtown Toronto, the people don't have the budget to actually bust the floor open, and we really don't have to move much plumbing instead of having to put self-leveler in there and waste that time and money i just dry pack it and then i have a nice fresh flat surface and there's it there is a break of sand beds they don't actually really conduct much so you find that the floors are a little bit more room temperature right yeah and then i can lay tile on there flooring whatever else yeah
2: yeah they're not they're not very dense the only time i found um whenever we would do that kind of thing back in the day was, was ensuring that there was just something that was mechanically attaching the old concrete to the new concrete, putting in something, whether it be drilling in, even if it's not even rebar, even just concrete nails, just something to keep the two from separating apart. because if you're not careful, the concrete and the dry pack moves at a different rate, and you can end up with cracks in your tile and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it, A lot of well, it has to do with kind of what's underneath. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's your uh, perfect number size for rebar in the basement floor? Uh, Not just mesh sheets. There
2: like, is a one. Typically there is no rebar in the basement floor. If it's usually it's it's wire mesh or again, there's like just a whole everything is changing. I mean you can, yeah. you can you can you can literally pump fiberglass little have you ever seen those little fiberglass fibers type of thing? Yeah. You need yeah. the metal ones. You can do that. Pump it in the truck. Shh. You're not even anything on the floor. It's done. Yeah. So again, this all boils down to whatever the spec is. The fiberglass
0: just got burned down.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it, a lot of it just boils down to what is specified on the drawing. End of story. And if it's not specified on the drawings, then you should be having a conversation with your engineer. So your company's at a different your level. Manager.
0: You're basically not dealing with the homeowner. You're dealing with GCs. No.
2: And interestingly, we'd actually be a really good company to deal with homeowners, believe it or not. Because yeah, you would be. Because the reality of it is, most of the guys out there are just like, hey, uh, where do you want uh, whatever? Yeah, where are we pouring right we're, there? Right, okay, right, okay, there. What, what, what uh, done, done? Right. <laughs> even if it's completely wrong, right? It's just done. <laughs> give me my money. See you later. Get them drawings away from me. Get yeah. them drawings it's away. It's done. From right. Me. Yeah. But the reality of it is, we even with all of our you know foundations we're putting in, when it comes to putting in the brick ledge, well, the drawings are like done a certain way. Assumptions are being made, on where finished grade is going to be. So the brick ledges set out on the drawings. Well, here's where all the steps are going to be. When we're on site, we actually look at all of those and see what's happening with the brick ledges. Nine times out of 10, they're wrong. Nine times out of 10, they're either too low, too high. Something's, and who's making that mistake? fucked up. The Engineer. architect. It, and it's not even necessarily a mistake because they have to make certain assumptions. It's, you know, they more or less know the elevations on the property, but they're making certain assumptions. There are, and I, I saw one, was it last year or two years ago? Last year, in the spring, we poured a house. There was a, another house close by to that was being poured. Another a company came in, slammed the foundation out, left. A couple days later, we found out the foundation was about a foot and change too low. The what? entire foundation was too low, so they called the concrete company back. Oh, hey, okay, yeah. hey, guys, what happened with the foundation? Blah 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 blah. Well, they handed. They so what do the drawings say? This. That's exactly what's there. So now go fuck yourself because it was on the drawings. It's like yeah. A, you That's fucking true. assholes knew that the foundation was too low. Anybody could see it was too low. But apparently somebody, you know, probably tried to make a phone call and the builder d- didn't answer the phone or whoever didn't or they answer the phone. just wanted to move forward. And these guys were like, we got to finish this foundation. We got like 15 more in front of us. We got to move. We got to be out of here tomorrow. We got to be back here to strip and we're gone, right? So what did they end up doing? They end up having to build up the foundation and block. Oh my that God. That foot. Wow, because someone didn't open their mouth and correct it for us. We're debugging everything as we go along. And if brick ledges need to be adjusted, we go, Hey, these brick ledges need to be adjusted. We bust out the drawings, the main drawings everybody's working off of, pull out a pen, write on the drawings, what the adjustments are on all the brick ledges, and then the project manager, whoever our client is, has to sign every single change that's on the drawings. And then we take pictures of the drawings and then we keep digital copies of that.
0: So what is the potential problem there in the future with that block cracking? Um, splitting
2: you know block it's the bottom line is it's block somebody paid for a, you know there's nothing wrong with block in my opinion concrete is better in a whole bunch of ways but then there's those that can argue that block is better in a whole bunch of other ways so I'm concrete
1: block poured or not poured, but laid properly reinforced and poured in
2: right which at the end of the day practically becomes like if you're filling all the blocks solid and just firing a rebar through it them, becomes you, solid it, be, it becomes yeah. solid it's, it's yeah. pretty much a concrete wall at that point right but sometimes just because of access Doing concrete forming is impossible. You guys know in Toronto, man, some of these tight spaces. Oh, I want to put an addition back here. Oh fuck. You know, it's excavating you know, fifteen hundred square feet or something yeah. by the time they finish to get the forms back there, the guys carrying them and stuff. Do you it guys makes more sense to do block or do ICF? Yeah. Do you
0: guys use metal forms or you guys build your own wood forms?
2: We don't build our own. We have wood forms that are your like your typical Advance as a company, but it's like a thick plywood, it's like one inch thick wooden form that go into cages to do the buckles and stuff on them. Typical thing, which is kind of used in the industry in our area and in many areas. I would love to make the change from what we're using now to aluminum. to aluminum Is that new? I think I saw no, that they, at a Concrete they, Expo last year. They've been around year. forever. Okay. Used commercially forever. I used they've to use steel. They've been around forever, right? Yeah. So, But the bottom line is the finish on them is fantastic. Um, taken care of, they last an entire career, like 30 years. You as long as they're a- cleaned. They gotta be well, like anything, even ours. If you don't clean them, if you don't oil them, if you don't but, do but all that what, and take care of them, then you're gonna destroy them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What veneer forming actually has a, an expiration date? Like, it, you can only do so many of them.
2: Well, it again, it depends on how they're taken care of. Right? Yeah, a lousy, clean, a after lousy every crew job. dropping them on their corners and throwing yeah, them around and it's tomorrow can destroy $100,000. And those are the most forms, important like parts where they join. That's it, where the overlap will occur. The, the bottom line is, like anything, whether it be a, a Sawzall or a form, anything. if you don't look after it, you're going to fuck it up and you're going to replacing it prematurely so oh, that,
1: that brings up a great point there george what kind of tools do you uh dum, just, dum, dum. Dum, dum, <laughs> dum.
2: this is your theme we use, <laughs> we use we use we use a bunch of different ones actually but we
1: primarily use, speaking which which brand do you dum, 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 <laughs> what do
2: we have the most of kicking around i'm gonna yes. say i'm gonna say bosch oh look at that <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah i'm
2: gonna That's say okay bosch.
0: I, I actually like bosch i uh when we were at the project with you he had me there for <laughs> a few weeks yeah and he's like don't bring any of your tools here. I want <laughs> you to try and give it a chance. But what I, I love
1: them. But what I, did, I like yeah. about his crew is that you guys actually like use these tools. Oh, we
2: we destroy them. You kill them. <laughs> the abuse. The abuse. Like look at the look at the bit. We're we're down in holes, underwater. Like the stuff we do to our tools is just unbelievable. Now we've got some stuff. The, we've got some um, kita. Okay. Kicking around nice. quite like We've got One of my favorite You guys we've are got, European after all We've so. got Impact <laughs> We've got Impact uh, Oh no wait sorry It's not Makita Which are the green ones? Makita is it Oh Makita? no Metabo No well, No It's Makita
1: Makita is a teal blue It's or blue it Yeah no, yeah yeah no, Bluish green.
2: Now nah, you've got me confused. Teal.
0: Well, <laughs> Bosch in Portugal is green. <laughs> is green.
2: This is going to really irritate me. Look at this. I'm, no, go, the, I'm going. And I'm not fo- even Portuguese. I'm even going to my phone. The the I'm green, embarrassed. The, the, that the I don't green even know green this is right
1: metabol. Green green is metabol. No, it's not.
2: It's not metabol. Although their stuff apparently is fantastic. It is. Um. It's
1: definitely not red like Hilti or anything like that. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> it's all personal preference. It's all a joke at the end it's of this Mikita. bit. Makita. So,
2: the, the thing I have to say about the Makita stuff that we've got the impacts and all that, like, I will look at some of this stuff. It'll be kicking around. It's like, does that work? It just looks destroyed. That can't possibly work. Mm. Like it's been under like buried, completely immersed in concrete. It's been like everything that you can think of that can happen to it in the rain and the this and that, the charges, the batteries, like just the abuse is just absolutely unbelievable. We've got stuff kicking around that's four and five years old. It still works. It should be because it's making you guys money. that's 15 years old. Yeah, but it still (laughs) works. It still works, but... I think depending Probably on the your sponsors depe- out there I, but I, I actually think that almost everyone out there makes good quality they tools. They make great tools. That's there's the bad line. tools and there's good tools and everything. Yeah. You know, there there are there's are some companies uh Milwaukee is an example they've done a fantastic job of just like I you love their it, accessories they make they've got it. so many accessories like if you're a plumber that stuff's the bomb yeah you're, you're totally you're, right you're, On Milwaukee, my tools you're a Milwaukee guy. guy yeah you're a totally Milwaukee but guy. if you're so,
1: concrete you're a Bosch and mechanic Hilti. Hilti yeah I don't, think, Hilti. I don't think I don't think you're gonna see a lot it's of a yellow show. I'm sorry but you won't <laughs> yeah. see yellow you might see Hilti but Hilti's Hilti. more commercial the hardcore the condo well, there's guys. A new residential line now come oh, out so. oh really for babies is I, that what it I, is i don't get anything <laughs> for
0: free so
2: I, I i think i think a lot for of it boils babies. down to you got you have to do the math on what like what how much is the thing costing you and what are you doing <laughs> exactly with it? is it making you money that's Correct. the most important so the part. bottom line is it making you money right so we found the bosch stuff the, one of the things that i love really love about bosch is it's the company, like Bosch-tage. whatever, whatever we've needed from Bosch, like they've, their, their, their replacement program, like the, what they're yeah, putting the on servicing, the servicing, t- all of that, like wrong. as a company, they just get it done. Like their reps, they just get it done. There's no excuses. There's no BS. They just get it done. This guy, I slept over his place. He had a onesie. It said Bosch. Paralelos <laughs> hey, never slept over my the... place,
1: and I do not have a Bosch onesie. Hey, but
2: if you find a Bosch onesie, I'll wear it. Just know that. I'm in. I'll wear I it next it. time I'm on. Bosch, are you are listening? You part German?
1: <laughs> George, I got to ask you. So how old is your oldest employee, and how young is your youngest employee?
2: Um, I couldn't give you exact ages, but I'm going to say probably our oldest is 60 plus. 60 plus and still doing
1: concrete work.
2: The guys, the guys, the guys that are all the guys that we have that are older could like crush any 35 year old. Wow.
1: I believe it too. Amazing
2: to hear. And how
1: young, how young of a
0: guy.
2: I'm
1: scared
0: of
2: all That's a
1: challenge for all the younger people. They got
2: I ordered. I gotta tell you guys a quick one. I uh, I ordered uh, like some rep came along and said, hey man, you guys uh, blah blah blah. We sell uh, work gloves and stuff, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, you know the guys. Some of the guys are asking for work gloves and stuff. Yeah, let's you know you know the little like white knit guys or whatever it's always wear. Yeah, you know what? What are you guys selling? I didn't even care about the cost. It was just like that. The guys need good gloves. We're gonna get them good gloves. And kind a of story, right? So bring me like a whole cross section of your stuff. Blah blah blah. Looking for this and that, and bring me all the sizes, the whole bit. Make sure
0: they're cotton well they weren't <laughs> cotton
2: they were sort of you know gloves you are you a large are you an extra large none of them fit the old guys the old guys have all got fingers like cucumbers <laughs> <laughs> the sausage yeah so, seriously the only the only thing that'll fit their hands is those like cotton knit gloves but uh, seriously funny. those guys if, if one of those guys were to g- grab onto you just with one hand you'd never shake them loose holy cow like it's unbelievable the, the strength that they've got and you'd look at something and go man Sure, they're you handling
0: look, rebar, concrete You look all like day, uh, you've been
2: having a couple of beers, and you got a little—you uh, know—you got a pretty nice big punch on you right there. Don't come, don't don't piss the guy off.
1: No, yeah. that's just gonna—you know—you don't, don't rattle the bear. Yeah. No,
2: <laughs> no, because these guys are just—they're the nicest, <laughs> nicest, hardworking, devoted guys. They just every day come to work, bring a lunch, don't complain about anything, and just get it done. And occasionally, when they do complain about something, they whine a little bit. But everybody does. They whine all the time, <laughs> <laughs> but it's justifiable
1: yeah. <laughs> at that age. It's justifiable. Yeah. and
2: probably our young, our youngest is, you know, probably I'm going to say uh, probably mid twenties.
1: Really? Yeah. In concrete.
2: They don't. They, they generally speaking, they don't last very long. Millennials tend to come in the door. And that was gone. my
1: next question. Is that uh, and what is it?
2: What is it that's pushing them away? Their parents Is that what it is? Their parents Totally fuck everything up
1: What the parents Every doing Every parent
2: out there listening You're fucking up your kids So large it You're even telling funny. them
1: That they deserve to be Doing a better job Stop more money. giving
2: your kids money Stop giving them a bed To sleep in Stop doing their laundry Stop buying them Stop Stop paying their cell phone bills You're paying Johnny's Cell phone bill <laughs> you're paying Johnny's cell phone bill. I, I and then Johnny's going out and buying a bag of weed. Right. Don't, and Dun. is there anything Dun. wrong with that? No, but <laughs> no, my, my point no, is no, for as long saying. as, for as long as parents are coddling kids, as soon as they go out there and things are a little bit tough, they don't have, they don't have to worry. Johnny
1: needs to eat out of the garbage can. Johnny, no, you're totally needs, right.
2: Johnny needs a mortgage and a couple of kids. And then all of a sudden everything changes. Oh, yes. And, uh, well,
0: right? it's not even that you need drive. It's almost impossible to just give someone drive.
2: And like it, either you and, have it or you don't. And you're not going to get, you're certainly not going to get that drive if you don't really ever have to push hard on anything
0: exactly like for me i'd rather buy a tool than a bag of wheat that bag of wheat isn't going to make me any more money no. It's going to be give me a bad lung and I have to go buy something. To it's funny you're bringing this <laughs> yeah. up because
1: we were actually talking about this earlier yeah. about weed and smoking. And, and we'll probably t- tackle that on a different podcast. But do you guys have that millennial problem? You have that millennial problem.
2: Man, you know what? I, I don't want to take a big giant paint roller and like on all the millennials because that wouldn't be fair. Yeah. Right? No, it wouldn't. That wouldn't be fair because there's a lot of millennials out there who actually amazing like ones, yeah. amazing. Amazing work, work hard. hard the whole bit. Yes. And, they, and they deserve it. They're, yes. they're working hard. But then they're like, they're, I can't remember, average, I think so. it was like 2016, we hired a zillion of them. At the end of 2016, there were exactly zero left. Wow. We have guys, they come in on interviews, they're gung-ho, I've done them. blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay, look, you have a good attitude, we're going to give you a try or whatever. They don't even show up the first day. We get those guys. Then we get the guys who can't, who can't who can't even can't get get to, to work in the morning,
1: right? They don't realize that there's two sixes in a day. Wait a second, oh. we had this
0: conversation. Why don't you show up five minutes early, not
1: five minutes late? But they don't want to show up, right? That's the problem.
0: That's the problem. And why would they have to? They got everything given to them by parents, but you're all paying you're paying
1: good money though. You're paying a good wage. I, I guess it's just it's too hard compared to. Who, they're probably asking their friends what they're doing for a living, and they maybe they got some nice cushy office job doing uh, this or that.
2: Generally speaking, the cushy office job pays less. It because does because every single person that I know who falls into that kind of you know almost all of them under age thirty, unless they've got like a a sales gig or something. Generally speaking, they're making shit money because at the beginning of your career, you're actually being you know, in an office job you're making shit money, but you're still being overpaid because generally speaking you don't know anything. In the middle of the career, you get work like a you know, like a Sales dog reps once you, aren't you know making something, and then and then technically you're underpaid, right? And then if you make make it upper management, then you get paid large.
1: But you're also spending a big chunk of your salary for the upkeep on the persona.
2: All of it. All the clothes, all I the, need this, all out, the blah, I need to go out, I need to wear blah, blah. this, I need to do that. Totally. My my son got a job working downtown, an insurance company, and I said your biggest challenge is gonna be not wanting to go to the bars after work. And chase all the beautifully dressed women who work all downtown. If you really want, like if you want something, if your parents are covering all the bases for you, where's the incentive? You're not
1: driven. Yeah. We funny. We did a podcast with two millennials and they kept on saying that over and over. Yeah. That they're, they're, they're cushion. They have no motivation to actually go grab what they really want.
2: Ma, what's for dinner? Exactly. What? Ma, what's for dinner? What what the hell? What are you talking about? Oh, hey, mom, I'm looking for my uh, blue shirt. Oh, it's in the laundry. I'll have it ready for you for tomorrow. What the fuck is all that about? Do you you also
1: think there's a certain stigma attached that us as contractors, we get dirty and our clothes is dirty. uh, They're dirty at the end of the day. That people look at us differently. They look. Oh, for sure. They look.
2: Yeah, I think that people do. Well, the reality of it is, all of us are judged. If I had walked in here wearing a tuxedo, you'd be looking at me like, "What the fuck?" Me yeah, thinking exactly. I me, mean? or if I'd, I was no, I'd be like, "You got the wrong building." <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, somebody somebody pulls up in a Lexus, even a, an entry level Lexus versus a top-shelf Toyota. You're going to think this You're going person's to a little or more
0: upscale. <laughs> a Chevy versus
1: a Sprint hour. No, no, no. I That brings up a good point because you know what's funny is that when I'm driving, there's a lot of construction going on in Toronto right now, especially on the highways, yeah. and I love driving by the construction sites, and you know how the guys always get prime parking spots? Yeah, right they, by they park right the, off park the side usually. I love driving by those job sites, and I'm seeing a C300 Mercedes, I'm seeing a 3 Series BMW, I'm seeing a Lexus fully loaded, and I'm like, these are con- contractors driving these vehicles so obviously like oh, yeah. to your point diesel pickups no mortgage 80 grand no language. mortgage no kids living at home food for it, everything but they have the fucking car yeah to keep up the persona well
0: manny right now is basically wearing a tracksuit. you're full of lies today,
1: man. Tra- tra- i'm wearing a velour tracksuit. <laughs> tra- <laughs> 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 tra- he showed up in his
0: pajamas <laughs> no but look there's mud all over it
1: so that, that becomes a challenge to find all these guys, and I guess when you do find a good guy, you, you hang on to him. Yeah, I
2: mean, look, these guys, uh, we basically pay union, you pay a union, great wage. union rates, union compensation, all nine yards. We're not union. Okay. And I don't even think the union would even care about us because we're too small of a company. But you um, give your guys benefits and pension? Yeah. Well, that's actually Amazing. just— Amazing. Good for all, you. That's all coming into play right now, actually. I'm hoping in the next— by je- the beginning of January, we'll have a lot of I have so implant. much
0: more respect for you. Care about your guys, the, the future of your
2: guys. That's a company that's going to grow. You well, have to pass and, it but, on. But you know you what? The to. reality of it is everybody out there, we're so used to be, being convinced that, uh, oh, yeah, you know, we've got healthcare, care, this, that, and the other already, blah, blah, blah. The reality of it is benefits. Even if you're just a small company out there right now, just know that it's only a matter of time. You won't be able to actually find any employees.
1: Yeah, it's sad.
2: Right? I know. And everyone is going to want to go to the union stream because they they get all that comes with it right now union has its stuff it's like aspects of it that are you know it's fantastic and they have other aspects that really suck what we do because we we could go union if we wanted to but all we do is go you know what we're respectful of the union we're not gonna you know we've got we've got a boom truck right we got a crane we're we're not going to start going to union sites and start moving forms even though we actually could because we're considered a delivery service and we're allowed to but you know what we're not gonna do that. A union shop and their boom truck can get the work and they can go move the forms on a union site. We're very respectful of what unions do, but we also know that if we want to attract some talent, we have to be providing at least what the union provides, if not better.
0: And another thing too, you don't want your guys having no teeth. I <laughs> where, mean, it's last. Where is this Where no, is I'm this just coming saying, from? I've had employees and I paid them well. They yeah. could be making between a thousand to $2,000 a week. They won't take that money to fix your teeth but you give them benefits, yes. all of a sudden they got a good smile.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the reality of it is you've, if you, you need to find ways to, to keep your people. You gotta be able to train you them. You gotta keep them happy. Yeah, and if, and if you're working in a segment of your market, let's say I'm a, I don't know, let's say I'm a plumber. If all the work that I'm going out and getting is sort of that dredge work where all the other plumbers that I'm competing against for work just run a shitty business, pay their guys under the table, everything is like just a shit show, If I'm going to go compete in that market, I'll never be able to charge the money to charge to run a respectful business.
0: Can you can you do the same story but with concrete now? It's exactly the same. Exactly the same. That's
1: no different.
2: You've got guys running around who are like doing cash with all their guys, everything boom 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 underneath the tape, running around like some of the we've seen prices. Just a little while ago, we had uh, someone come to us and go, look, you know, I got five prices. You guys were 120k. You guys weren't the most expensive. Somebody that gave me a fuck you price of 180K, which obviously didn't even want to do the job. But I got a price of like 80,000 bucks and I got another and I'm just like, no man, they're just the bullshit companies. You'll see, go ahead, hire them, no problem. But you're telling me you to bring my price down. No, our price is our price. We, yeah. we, there is no
1: set price to, to do construction. it right, but that's, the, right. that's the primary reason right? that a client or a GC is going to come back at you and ask you to lower your price. Right? Because exactly. It's, Those it's, guys
2: it's, fuck up the market. Exactly. But what, was, what, I want what to what talk happened, about that. But what happened when this, when this, this particular client, which is a client of ours now, we're working on his home right now, beautiful place in Oakville. And this person's in construction, which they were smart enough. To then go and kind of grind at the other guys with the lower prices because where the they cons- know where the guys will budge. Not even a matter of budging. Well, guess what? The guy who had the price at like eighty and change thousand bucks, suddenly he's not available and then you know, I didn't know about this and I didn't include that and all the excuses start because they realize, man, I really fucked up. I, I threw a dart at this job when I threw at a number of eighty K. It's really a hundred and twenty thousand dollar job. All day. All day. We quote every job doing it right to being able to pay our people right and run a proper business, stand behind the work that we do, etc. The guys who fall into you. that like lower bottom end area, they're just killing each other. It's like a race to the bottom, a race to... Like, you, you don't want they to never, compete. No, they never see their wives and they never see their kids and they're working... Oh man, it's the grind. I'm working, uh, but what I'm concerned about working is 18 hours it, a day, seven days a week. It's, it's like, what's wrong with you?
1: It's the lack of safety that's going to happen as the a safe- result oh, of that. Yeah.
2: The, the lack or, of safety is huge. As you kind of go down and you get into that grade of contractor type of thing, it's just a given that all the shit starts to fall apart everywhere. right?
1: And the unfortunate thing is safety is the number one thing to be thrown out the fucking window just to save coin.
2: And on that note, for the people who are responsible for safety in this province, in my opinion, get off your fucking ass and don't chase the easy targets Go after all the little guys that are running around doing stuff that is absolutely insane. Don't just necessarily pull up to a site that's like obvious and there's a big contractor working and bust someone's balls because someone doesn't have a hard hat on. There are guys literally four doors down doing things that they should be in prison for. Yeah, with no permit. No, nothing. And they, they don't pay any attention to them. Seemingly pay no attention unless somebody phones and complains. I'm really happy when the safety guys show up on our site. We're always actually really happy to see them. We actually want them to find something.
1: You don't have anything to hide.
2: and But we want them. It's like, okay, what did we do wrong? We want to know. We've never gotten a fine. We've never nothing. Because as soon as they, you know, if they find something that we're off on... They can see we're already doing well, 99% they, of it. Your
0: work atmosphere is super clean. So right off the bat, they, they know that what they're dealing with. Right.
2: They tend to, we, we always pick up a little extra tidbit of information like, oh, we didn't know that. Okay. We're going to make sure we do that from now on. Again, there are the underground economy, all these guys that are running around, like they don't realize the smartest thing they can do is bring their game up five, six, eight, ten 10 yeah. notches. Yeah. Become a better contractor. Educate yourself. Communicate better. Be You'll respectful. You'll make more money. You're not going to end up divorced. Yeah. Your kids true. aren't going to hate your guts. Like all these guys that are killing themselves, like they're never home. They're always stressed out. It's like, because you're juggling, because, juggling, juggling, Right, People juggling time, juggling you. money. You don't have time for your, you know, to spend time with your wife. You don't have time to spend with your kids. You're missing their soccer games. It's insane. That what goes, kid? That goes back have a kid? to, I kid that
1: somebody's going to tell you that that goes back to (laughs) running a business how if you run the business properly and you set it up properly and you do everything properly you could actually find time for your personal life so you're not consumed by 12 hour work days that's not necessary you don't need to yeah but george tell us like if a kid like i don't want to beat up on the millennials i don't it's just but i mean, if a kid wants to get into concrete because in all fairness concrete is one of the hardest trades out oh, there oh yeah it's tough concrete brick lane roofing, rebar these, tying these these are one of the hardest trades building. out there right so yeah. it's like how do you convince these kids it's not convinced how do you let these kids find the passion in concrete how do we do that how do we speak to them a certain way how do we educate them how do we do that i want to you know
2: yeah i mean i actually feel that in concrete we've got a big problem in that it is one of the toughest trades it pays really well you yeah. get your winners off you don't have to even bother collecting unemployment because you've made enough money the rest of the month that you can just take four months off. Three, four months, do nothing.
0: If you're good with money.
2: If you're good with money. If you're a loser with money, then yeah, there's you're, you're no helping you no matter Bag how much money you make. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you,
0: you, you, you started you this know. this whole podcast with, I just came back from my vacations. I started it. All the things you were saying was, you work 40 hours, no more. Have vacation time, benefits and pension. You're saying all the, the right things. Yeah, I, I this work, isn't a I successful work, co- business. I work
2: 10 hours a week. And I do it most of the time for my doc. Wow. Really? Yeah. I never wait for my phone to ring. I phone people. If every wow. business owner there understood that, if your phone is ringing off the hook. That is you, absolutely brilliant. You are totally fucking up. You Why are waiting for the phone call? No, well, no, it's simple. Are you really waiting for your phone to fucking ring to find out X or ABC or when's that's ready or whatever? Get on the goddamn phone. And get the answer. Yeah. And, and get the answer. I referred as to lob the ball over the net. Let's take tennis. Okay. Before they can lob the ball at you, or if they lob it at you immediately, like right away, answer the phone, return the email, the text, whatever, get on it right away, lob it back. Okay. And if you can reach out to them in advance and say, hey, man, blah, 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 coming up or whatever, I just want to confirm, or we're just looking for the 15th, right? Like we're going to be right now based on the schedule. It says the 15th, two weeks from now. You're good. You can come in and start tiling. I love it. Right? I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Where's listen, the job? You haven't even yeah, sent me the I can, address. I can be there uh, for sure. I'll be there. This is the way I used to do it. Four or five days later, I'd call again. Hey, we're just looking for the fifteenth, right? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Fifteenth. All I would continue doing that. The second there'd be any kind of a an adjustment or a change in the schedule, I would let them know immediately, right? Like right away. But the bottom line was guess why all my jobs always finished up on time and on schedule? Like why everything don't budget? Because you're ahead of it. Because, right, I was always ahead of it. Before anybody could make my phone ring, send me an email, send me a text, whatever, I'd smash at them and get the answers and let them know what the fuck was going on. Be like, okay, so everything's always well-organized. If your phone is ringing off the hook...
0: And you're not answering. You're reacting. If if
2: you're not answering, go find another job. Like, if you're not answering the fucking phone, why are you even in the business? Because you're overwhelmed, you're stressed out, you're afraid to answer calls because you're fucking up all over the place. If your phone actually isn't ringing, but you're still doing a lot of communicating then you're doing it the right way. You got to do it proactively, not reactively. Reactively, you're always someone's bitch. It's so Love simple. It. It's so but how true. many, how But so how true. many people don't get this? They do not get this. Send them a million emails, call them, text messages. You don't get a response out of them, and they wonder why their life's a shit show. It's like, you can't answer the fucking phone.
0: <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm working for a homeowner right now. I told them I was going to call them a week from today, say.
2: yeah, I called them a week from today. Yeah, and they like, were probably astounded.
0: And he's like, I didn't think you were going to call. Yeah. And I was like, why wouldn't you think that? And there's he's like, the other guys don't even
1: answer their phone. You bring up a good point, George. How do you feel about cell phone use on the job site and cigarette smoking on the yeah, job site? I was about to ask that.
2: To me, phones should, like an employee when they're working, needs to be engaged in what they're doing. I don't even like radios on a job site. To me, music shouldn't even be on a. No, because you need to communicate. You need to communicate. You need to be engaged in what you're doing. I watched somebody many, many years ago while while the radio was blaring in a site. Somebody screaming at a guy, using a chop saw, yelling at him because he noticed that he was about to cut his fucking fingers off. Screamed at him. He didn't hear fuck all because a meter, like literally a meter from his from his head, was this radio that was blaring, and he lost. I think it was two or three of his fingers. <laughs> Cut them off. No radio. That taught me such a huge lesson. Radios do not belong on job sites. Sorry. Everybody who disagrees with me, you're fucking wrong. No, I agree with you. It's a safety thing. It's a safety thing. Why don't you just put earmuffs on so you can't hear anybody, anything around you? It's the same thing half the time. That's dangerous.
1: It's dangerous. You
2: really shouldn't have music on a job site. Everybody enjoys it. I enjoy it. When I'm working up at the cottage, do I have music on half the time? Most of the time I do. In reality, on a safe work site and people are supposed to be communicating with one another, from a safety perspective, it's often better not to have music blaring.
1: I, I noticed that there's some companies coming out with hard hats that have in- integrated two way radios so you can actually communicate. Yeah, not yeah, man, like sign me up. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, they've been around brilliant. for a while. Yeah.
2: Landscapers for years, have been running around with something, I've which always, is great. Which I have I'd a pair
1: prefer. of 3M ones. What about smoking?
2: Smoking? Uh, this You're going to love this one. We flat out know smoking is illegal on, on a worksite. site.
1: Do you smoke? No. Perfect. So and all your employees are not allowed to smoke on your job sites, but they do. But they do. So,
2: in the the whole, like, it's different for us because we're like, it's actually not different, okay? No one is smoking on a job site. Now, you guys are gonna find this hilarious, but this is just a fact. I'm the guy freaking out all the time saying nobody can smoke, and Marco and all my guys look at me and go, So, what are we gonna do for employees? What do you mean? It's like, (laughs) no one will work for us (laughs) because all these guys have been used to having a butt hanging over their mouth while they're putting up forms for their entire career.
1: Ashes into the concrete.
2: The moment you tell All them the they can't, and even though it's like we can't, it's impossible for us to actually, well, it's not impossible. We could, but we'd be out of business. Believe it or not, smoking could actually put us out of business.
1: So what do you guys do?
2: Hang on, it gets better. Thankfully, at least we have like a full-on no weed policy at work, flat out.
1: That's another touchy subject that We mine were just that talking about That's funny and you
2: say that. The bottom line is this. Last time I checked, it's pretty much not fucking cool for me to walk around with a beer in my pouch while I'm working. No. Would yep. anybody do that?
0: No, no. I'd kick you off the site.
2: Like, am I am I supposed to be making? Uh, I love gin and tonics in the summer. Should I be making myself a gin Look and tonic? Up. I'm getting thirsty. I'm getting thirsty. <laughs> I want a gin and tonic while I'm at work. That's not cool. Oh, you know, no. But it's okay to be. There are a lot of companies, a lot of people out there that are smoking weed while they're working, and they think they're it's not no allowed. Wait, wait. In, in, right, construction? In, in construction, in construction, really? Forming companies, man, it's.
0: They need to leave. You need to fire them right away.
2: Well, they don't work for us. Yeah. End of story. But like, in the industry caught. in
1: general, they are smoking weed. Why the? Why would I want to trust it's someone a huge around problem. me? That's high.
2: I, I believe it's a huge problem in construction overall in the trades. Yeah. I think now it's become legalized. Everyone's thinking, what's the big deal? It's weed. It's and it's like man, it's not. It's altering your state of mind. It's like you're, the equivalent it's,
1: to alcohol, and if you wouldn't drink alcohol while you're on a construction site and you're operating machinery, working beside a lot of old guys do though, then you yeah. shouldn't be doing smoking weed. So then, are you telling me that you're taking the same mindset for
2: smoking then? The problem with the smoking, well, smoking isn't getting you high, technically. It's right? an addiction. No, it's but an it addiction. is an addiction. It's yeah. an addiction, and secondhand smoke is you know. A guy working next to you, dangerous. Well, he's, it is kind of dangerous. getting you high because
0: this is changing your endorphins. It's giving you well, we'll different, yeah. That's but you know, it compare, compared compared right? to
2: smoking a joint, right? It's different and compared to smoking some weed or having a beer or whatever on the job site. It's it's different, right? The bottom line is this: if it alters your state of mind and creates a situation your where your focus, your focus, all that kind of fun stuff, that's that's kind of not cool. You want to smoke weed? Smoke weed when you get home, but at work, man, that shouldn't be happening. But apparently, and I I wish I could remember the statistics. Someone did a giant study on this just a little while ago. Like it was a fairly, fairly big one, a research study. And there was like the number number of folks that were smoking up before they went to work and were high at work. The percentage was huge. I believe Hmm. it. I was just like, what? Are you kidding me?
1: The moment you told them don't do it at work, they do it before work starts, on their lunch break, and after work. Yeah.
2: And, and the sad thing is that the, the, guy, the people that are doing this, it's like, you're just fucking your life up, man. This doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you putting yourself in this position where you could hurt yourself, hurt someone else, kill someone or kill yourself? Right. Let's start with just that obvious thing, yeah. problem, issue. Yeah.
0: Let's change the joint for a sandwich. Then obesity becomes a problem
2: But it's it's a serious
0: It's a serious concern What about
1: about the individuals that cry I've got anxiety and I need this To
2: kind of help me get
1: through my day Here's the therapist number
2: If you I think what we, what we, it's never happened. But if somebody came to us with that, it'd be like, okay, where's your doctor's note? And then we would take that. Where's and, the assessment? And then we would call like the labor people, right? And say, Hey, uh, labor people, we have an employee that came to us with the following blah, blah, blah. Is this, is this legal? That's what it boils down It's to. not.
0: You can't drive so, high.
2: So if the reality of it is, if those folks said, we don't give a shit about the note, they can't, then we would just say, sorry, we can't. So if you have anxiety and you can't be here, then I guess you got to go. I don't know. We'd have to go down that path it's, and it's figure out. It's
1: on you as a business owner now that it- if an employee, if the Ministry of Labor, or whatever, shows up on your job site and an employee actually has been smoking weed, oh, yeah, then you guys are fucked.
2: There's so little personal accountability, it's just ridiculous. Something goes sideways insane. and you're a business owner, you're insane. fucked. Insane. Well, h- somebody h- dies on your job site, oh, yeah, I was just about to get to that
1: because of that for you're whatever dying. reason. God yeah. help
2: you as a business owner. Yeah. A lot of guys don't realize that they got guys doing insane things in every trade. It's like you understand that if that guy falls off that roof and you're the business owner and falls to his death let's start with do you really want to stand in front of his wife and kids and let them know their, that their dad isn't coming home then follow that up with wait till the lawyers start on top of you like buddy you just lost your business and potentially lost your home your career as you know it as a business owner is fucked you're yeah. finished start Damn. over everything you've been working for why are you doing this oh because i want to be part of the that shitty 25 percent of contractors elevate your game man Elevate your safety, charge more, become a better contractor, chase the market that'll pay you for good work. If everybody did that and there was no like gray market of bullshit people doing construction work. Construction would be perfect. Construction who, would be fair. Yeah, it would be fair. No such thing as perfect. Yeah, construction would, would be, be fair. fair.
1: Back to the smoking.
2: No, I, we, we can't stop them from smoking.
1: <laughs> so they smoke. Yeah. Not but, everybody smokes. But as Some a, of the guys But don't. as a business owner, doesn't it bother you that each smoke break is on average 10 minutes long and all of a sudden you have five cigarettes during the day? You almost got an hour's worth of lost I, wages? I find,
2: yeah. I mean, that that's kind of, I see that almost as a cost of doing business. The reality of it is, I think, and, and Marco, who runs production for us, be the better guy to ask. He could probably give you a more definitive sort of answer on this. But most of the guys who are grabbing a smoke, they're kind of, they're not stopping. They, they're going. They're going. They they're, they're, they're eat their sandwich, they work. Yeah. yeah. And half the time, guys never even take breaks anyway. Like, generally speaking, it's sort- I know when I was renovating and stuff and I had a bunch of employees, I'd tell people, listen, the uh, lunches and breaks, whenever you want. I don't care. They're not structured. Whatever you want. So you tell us straight what, through, tell, you just
1: get paid. Tell us what your, your day's like. What time the guy's at the yard? What time they start on the site? What time they take their breaks? What time they take their lunch? How
2: long their lunch? The day that ends? Depends. Depending on where we're working will depend on what time the crew will get to the yard. We're when working in Oakville, down, down the street. Yeah. It's not a big deal. If it's a later start because the concrete come till 9 and it's ready to go, everybody can show up late. So the variables are all over the place. There's no set thing and also it, a lot of it for example like breaks and lunch it's like okay wait a second the concrete uh the last truck or, or the second last truck just left waiting for more truck it hasn't shown up yet everybody it's going to be 15 20 minutes take a break Grab a sandwich, yeah. grab whatever. The truck yeah. shows up, man. We're on. The crew on.
1: knows that. They know how to balance that.
2: When when the concrete's live, when that shit is live, then it's it's like live. You hustle. There's no, uh, oh, it's break time. Fuck you, it's break time. Right now it's concrete time. Everybody yeah. knows that. It's grab time a to shovel. go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Now it's hustle time. Let's get this done. Right. The,
1: other, the other thing I was really impressed with you guys and, and your crew is that when a problem arose, you guys solved. You proactive you actually figured it out so there was a problem on one of our job sites but you guys solved it you called me you discussed it you figured it out the next day there was a solution it yeah. moved forward and the job kept on going you guys solved it you didn't run away from it and that i that's huge for me that's a respect. great construction company that's huge Well,
2: for me. and a lot of you know if you're the kind of company that does something and you know you fucked up and your answer is just to run, a run hey you're a dirtbag Yes. The, think about it for a second do you want that to happen to you I mean no. some people just their ethics their standards by which they work and, you know is just so questionable and unfortunately like the car business I know some, I know people in the car business that are amazing human beings they would never take a nickel from anyone car business has a terrible I mean it's. I think it's equally horrible. as bad as, as contractors yeah, right horrible yeah. and that's because you get a percentage you get a percentage of the industry that is just horrible that bottom, crap. 25 30 40 percent which they're just awful human beings and shouldn't be working in the industry. Yeah. Construction, get rid of most of them and establish standards, not just let anybody who can walk into Home Depot with 50 bucks and buy a hammer and a pouch and they're ready to go.
0: Well, you can even buy my hammer with 50 bucks. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) So can I ask you something? I'm showing my age A quality hammer now is hundreds of dollars. I want (laughs) to, I want to talk more about you, not about business. Yeah. What does your company do? Everything that your company does.
2: Everything that we do. So concrete forming for, for custom homes. So foundations. We do our, all our own footings. We insist we do our own footings. If they, if anybody says, yeah, uh, yeah. We do your own framing. We do like, we do our own, like forming Forming for the footings. We pour our own footings. We do all our own steel work. Walls are all us. Everything is all us. We provide a vault. We try to make it so that it's like from start to finish because if you're a GC, if you're a builder, the last thing you want is like, yeah, you know, you're responsible for, you gotta get me the wood and you gotta get your carpenters to form the footings. That's missing, that wasn't done. We try as much as we possibly can to encompass everything into a package that makes sense. Right, we have moved in the direction, and and and, and we're going to stay there, of doing high-end work. The builders and the con- you know the GCs who want a company they can work with that isn't going to make them insane, that they can trust to do it right, and if they fuck up, they're going to fix it. They call us. You do garages? Yeah, if it's concrete. We can swimming
0: do swimming pools? No. Stamp concrete? No. Any leveling of any kind? No. Okay, where <laughs> if if someone's looking for. Uh, someone to pour their foundation, where do we reach you?
2: DGR Concrete Forming. Just Google it like everybody does these days. It'll come up. That's the same uh, handle on Instagram. Yeah, same thing on And actually, we don't even have a website anymore. We actually, we we do. If you go to dgrconcreteforming.com, it just redirects you to Instagram. Because Because you
1: get more information on Instagram. Exactly. Instagram is like,
2: hey, man, this is stuff that's going down. It's right there. Boom, boom, boom. Website for us very quickly became like, this is, even if you have it automatically You know, updating with this here, this there—it's like pretty much like a static waste of time. That's another thing. Any contractors out there who haven't embraced social media, get your shit together on that one because that's super important. Yeah, totally. People need to be able to see your shit. So you want you want to get the best clients when you do good work. When you just do work in general, anything that will interest someone considering hiring you. Put it on Instagram.
0: Where does all your work come from? Word of mouth. Word of mouth, I was about yeah, to say. Primarily yeah, primarily
2: word of mouth. Insta, you don't go Insta, to a like ton foundations of came from where you
0: pay them 50 bucks, they find you a job. No. So no, nothing like that. No, we all, all
2: the all, primarily it's all word of mouth. We're fortunate, and there's there's you know the demand for concrete forming is huge. It certainly outstrips supply. Well, the
1: demand for good concrete forming and concrete yeah. work is huge because we have all seen our horror stories, right? Well, you, you
2: yeah. get usually you know we've got a lot of builders that we'll work with where they first you know they they call they sometimes not play the tough guy, but like, yeah, I'm looking for somebody, you know, trying to angle, you know, I'm going to get a better pro, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're going to be competing against other people. And and usually after you chat with them for a little bit, they let their guard down a bit and realize that we're not a bunch of dinks. They divulge how much they've hated the last three concrete companies they've worked with. And the last guy stole his pickup truck and, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> blah ran off with his wow. wife. You know, it's just... <laughs> Holy yeah, cow. I mean, I mean, I'm exaggerating, obviously. But they've all got some insane horror story to tell, it seems, of just... And you just kind of go, what? what? What do you mean they didn't come back? Yeah, they just left.
0: Do you do demolition of your own concrete? No. Or like, say, you take a project on you have to bust out a slab. Will you do that? G- no?
2: Generally speaking, no. We leave that to the people who are just really good at doing that stuff, right? Okay. We, we try to focus on... Sort of surgical in, surgical out. And, and having said that, a lot of the stuff that we do takes time to do because none of it is straightforward. Like yeah. we don't do production forming. We don't go it's in. custom.
1: Custom means custom. Yeah,
2: so production forming for anybody out there who doesn't know what that looks like. Literally a crew will come in, strip the forms from the pour the day before, form a house, pour the house one day. Come back the next morning, strip the forms off of the one they poured the day before. If
0: it's ready, yeah.
2: Well, it's ready. Yeah. Overnight, strip those off, repeat in the house right next door. And they just go from hole to hole to hole to hole. So if you're on a crew of four or five guys, for example, you know, Manny here, his job may be, okay, Manny, on all these houses, you're in charge of from this point over here because they're all fucking the same. There's like four models, right? You're in charge from like, you know, the edge of where the front so porch true. is on the foundation to the far side of the garage. That's what you have to do. Yeah. And then another guy in your crew is responsible for something else and so on and so forth. So what it does is... If you slack off and slow down, because you you got to pour that day. The concrete's coming. You're messing coming. the assembly the line. The concrete's yes. coming, man. Like it's ordered. It's got to be buttoned up. So yeah. if you don't do your shit, like those guys in production forming work like animals, absolute animals. So we stay away from that, and we focus more on. We're not here to pump out quantity. We're here to pump out quality. So when it when you know, framers love us because ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time. They bust out the laser and they go put their sill plates down and they go, wow, it's I don't have to, to shim fuck all. Ready to wow. rock. Everything's in like a couple of millimeters and around the entire building, where it's supposed to be. That's what we focus on.
1: We know that DGR is not perfect, but where do you see DGR ten years from now? Um, I mean, you'll be chilling out a lot and you'll be handing over the reins to I, other I boys. I think I'll
2: probably look once, once, once you're in construction you're in it forever isn't that true huh? i'm always going to be fucking around with something and like, no true, matter huh? what if i'm not destroying something at my you know my place i'm there's always something going on but i mean the the question is going to be and this is one of the reasons why we've moving in towards icf is because the labor problems the labor shortages are so intense that we're not going to stop doing the traditional forming we do now because we're just really really good at it but in order to grow the business we have to actually move in a direction where we don't need the same kind of skilled employees. So we're moving into ICF. In ICF. Remember that. Yeah, isn't, uh, you've got to give me the details on that, isn't, isn't as um, labor intensive, it's easier to train people. But even so.
0: ICF is changing. They're talking about now instead of, okay, so most houses that you'll do, the foundation will stop at four feet above, two feet above grade level, sometimes not even, Right. Now we're going to be carrying ICF and pouring yeah, all the, the way to the roof, right
2: under the roof the roof,
1: Yeah, I know. That yeah. blows my mind.
0: I'm which doing, is which is thermal break, which is mass, which yeah. is fire resistant. I'm
2: doing the first job that we're doing is actually a garage, at my cottage, in ICF, in ICF, under right to the underside of the roof. Can, can I ask you what and system you're using? Ceilings. Uh, New Dura.
0: Okay. And why are you using them? That's the, that's the green one, right? sort of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was the first, it was the
2: first company that we bumped into and had conversations with. And to be honest, it's that whole thing of answering your phone, which company was, was more sort of boom, 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 boom. When we inquired, they responded. When we needed answers to something, they gave us the answers. We needed to have a meeting in our office they showed up from the New Nudura rep from head office. That's all it takes, man. Yeah. And it's just it like, takes. well, and it's so true in business. Very much call, true right? in business. So, if you so, treat your
1: employees that way and they answer the phone that way as well and they take care of it and your other suppliers are like that, then who are you yeah. going to do business with? You're going to do business with the people that want to answer the number phone.
2: Number one killer, man. It's yeah. communicate. If you don't communicate, if you don't reply to stuff, if you don't reply to every text, every email, everything... Your life is fucked up. Go yeah. on vacation and figure out what's wrong with your existence that you can't even return a message <laughs> because your life becomes so much easier when you reply it to stuff. It does. We got to wrap this yeah. up. Well, we've on. been I got two for two a while. Quick we questions. Have Oh my God, there's up. more questions. I Not got what? two
0: quick questions. I'm going to try to make it fast because <laughs> Manny hates this. Basically what? Okay. So one thing I like about Manny is Manny doesn't do the typical thing. He tries to reinvent the wheel yeah. tries to bring new products in yeah, what totally. does your company do differently than other concrete companies and what are the products do you use that other people don't or maybe are going to change
2: i don't think that we necessarily use different products we made we made an attempt last year at, at uh getting into fiberglass rebar as an example
1: you didn't like it No,
2: well, it wasn't a matter of did like it we couldn't you know we reached out to at the concrete show and the whole bit and like, yeah, yeah, man, no, oh, absolutely. We had one company who actually came out to our office, had a great meeting. And they said, okay, as soon as you guys have a job that you want to flip over into fiberglass, let us know, because we do a lot of high-end. And what is that? Oh. I, I
0: don't know this fiberglass rebar. I've never well, even heard of it. Well, imagine
2: a piece of rebar that's steel, except it's made of fiberglass. 10 mil, right? Okay. 10M 10, 10 rebar. Instead of being steel, it's fiberglass. In, insanely strong, super light. Doesn't well, what's corrode. what's the life expectancy of that? Forever? Same? Longer. Well, because fiberglass
0: breaks down still
2: longer this stuff is this, this like, stuff will last is, is, longer than steel and it won't crack so it won't corrode no is it's it, rated there this is what mto is putting in bridges now I guess, in the bridges. Started, I
1: guess this is kind of like carbon fiber like a mentality no, it's literally
2: cloth? now i know i'm sure there are different grades of fiberglass i'm not going to pretend to be the expert on this it's not so, a
1: corvette that you're putting into car hemp rebar and what hemp rebar,
2: hemp rebar. <laughs> hey listen if that if, if it could actually work i think it'd be a great idea because you know, the, the stuff just basically a weed the way it grows
1: right okay so next question question because yeah. we've got to wrap it up
0: okay so uh one last question what do you guys do for your vacation for your guys oh um, well, he has a huge event i mean no well, but it, like every year my christmas yeah or, i mean uh, just holidays I th- th- in general
2: we, in general the what it boils down to is anybody in the company just kind of needs some time off or something they just kind of take it i mean we keep track of kind of vacation time but the bottom line is we shut down at christmas like everybody else and we tr- keep the guys busy. Some of the guys do- busy during the winter time doing odds and ends and stuff. But the reality of it is everyone's got a bunch of time off when the winter comes. By default, they end up with a whole bunch of time off. So vacation isn't that big of a deal with us.
1: Marco, one yeah. of his guys, right? Uh, he went on vacation, I think, to Portugal. Yeah, And he just posted a bunch of pictures of concrete pours that were going on while he was I know, there. It's pretty funny.
2: He was, I'm that's like, wicked. That I'm means like, he lost his went, job. You went to Portugal and you're pouring concrete. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here? If you could change one it. thing in construction, <laughs> what would you do? Get rid of cash. One the cash one.
1: contractors.
2: Get rid of cash. I've, no cash. I know. No it, cash. It should, that's it. Eliminate cash. It should all yeah. be paper trail. I think it should be two things. Get rid of cash. Number one, keep it honest, and the Construction Lien Act. So the ten percent holdback—that's the law—should be applied, but it should be kept in the equivalent of like a trust account that a lawyer would have. You know, when you buy a house and blah blah blah, and money gets moved into a lawyer's trust account. Mm-hmm. That ten percent holdback, any monies that are being like stuff should have to be paid, but paid it into a trust account. Let's say that the government holds.
0: I like that idea. Not, brilliant.
2: not being held by the client. Because the reality of it is then litigation can used as a weapon against you. You did nothing wrong. It's true. Right? If the money is sitting, (laughs) if the money is sitting and can't be accessed without a huge ordeal by the client who had to put it over there, there's more likely to be proper justice. Too many people, fortunately, we, we don't run into this very often. It's very, very unusual. Too many contractors get fucked over so hard. Not having done anything wrong, but the client perceives that they're just the most evil human beings in the world. And I just said, Well, we go, only hear the bad stories. And it oh, always my God. happens at it the is, end. It's just like, always Jesus at the Christ, end. it always happens at the very end, right? And then them trying to get their money, and the client's looking at it going, Well, I got 19 grand of your money, and it's gonna cost you 40 grand to take me to court. So,
1: that's the reality. God. So, the reality um, of it is, someone's out of business. The
2: threat, the, a small company, you just, you, you're look done. You, look, you just did it to them. You're yeah. done, right? You're done. So, the threat of litigation skews the ability for some people to just do business in an honest and straightforward way. So get rid of cash and change that system up a bit and that would clean up a lot.
1: This has been a Whoa. very oh, good show. Oh no, it's show. not. There's one
0: more thing. <laughs> oh, you got something big, else? <laughs> big 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 shout out to Skylux oh, Roofing wow. for always allowing us to our enjoy home. his space our home. Here we go. Um he's not just a flat roofing company and I'm doing this from my heart because he's giving us so much. This Thank is a you, guy Mark. that wants to change Thank the you. industry and we love him to death. Please if you need any siding or Oh, aluminum work, anything roof, metal
1: work, Please, everything skull SkyLux. ask for mark. And George, thank no, no. you very much for your time. Thank Anytime, you very man. much brilliant. for your knowledge. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant I'm ne- show. I'm never
2: coming
0: back because you're, you know you're gonna make me sing. <laughs> you know what the funny part is? <laughs> I'm usually, start practicing. Usually Manny <laughs> takes off with his onesie and his and his no, sprinter. No. And I sit in the parking <laughs> lot and talk for another hour.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carlito, get us out of here. All That's right. it. Thanks, Thank you, George. Really appreciate it, man. Thank A you. great show about concrete.
0: <laughs> Yo, straight from TO, baby.
1: Four one six. Yeah. Oh
0: my god. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: guys
0: are insane. <laughs> Out of here. <laughs>